welcome to the Movie Freaks Pod Show, the only podcast on the net that is translated into three billion forms of communication, but not Klingon, because that's only for nerds. <laughs> right off the bat, let's get into the roulette. Uh, last right. week, last week we did a Blu-ray version uh, because I couldn't take any more of the blind. I needed a breather, uh, surfing through the rough. And you gave me Burial Ground, Knights of Terror, and I gave you The American with George Clooney. Um, did you go first last time or me? I don't know. Um, I, oh boy, I. I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Burial Ground, the Knights of Terror. I. Let's see, plot synopsis. Uh, as far as when it was made, and it's an Italian splatter movie. Yeah, Italian splatter movie, 60s, 70s, probably. Like early 80s, or maybe 1979, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think there were three sets of couples that went to this mansion. I don't know why. Uh, and then <clears throat> they all try and escape. Uh, each other at different points to go have sex, uh, plenty of nudity, and then zombies come out and bad things happen, and uh, yeah, it's a Italian splatter zombie thing. <laughs> and you can tell by my excitement that I completely loved this movie. No. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, um, actually it took me two days to watch this because uh, of work stuff. I was so busy. First session I'm watching, and I'm... You know, I was like, I, I gotta have a drink to pour, to watch this. And I'm watching and I'm going, oh, come on, dude. I mean, come <laughs> on, Eugene. I know you love these movies, but you know I'm, eh, on them. And I'm hit and miss. And about the second drink, I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. I get it. Okay. Cut to the next night. I start up again from the halfway point. And same thing. I'm going, oh, come on, Eugene. About drink two, I'm going, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. <laughs> so apparently my review is have have a couple of drinks if you're going to watch this movie. There were exactly. there were, there were were some positives. Um, uh, like, I was never bored. Moved at a good clip. There was always something going on. Um, there was definite weirdness with the... They, they had a little person play a child. I, uh, yes. Is that the best way to describe that? His name is Peter Bark. That's his. That's his name, Peter Bark, in real life. And he's he's like this mythical person. Like, no one knows where he is. He's like this. No one knows what happened to this guy. But he's a yeah. He's a midget that is plays a a youngster, and they had to get a midget in there because the things that he does, they couldn't have got a child actor to do. Like it, that would have been yes. There's a there's a that. there's a turning point with him where he starts. Uh, speaking and having his character as more of a pivotal role, and I, making out with the, trying to make out with the seduces mother, it was it got weird for a second there, but <laughs> oh my lord! Anyway, I did really another positive. I really liked the way the movie ended. Um, I told you in text that this could be a sister movie to the Fulci's Beyond. Which yeah. was in its own right completely insane, but is more well known, I think, than this movie. But it could yeah. almost be a side sequel, side cool, if you will, to this. Like while that stuff's going on in the beyond, this could be what's happening in the rest of the world. Anyway, but it's that's very apocalyptic. Like the end. Yeah. I, but that's just kind of uh, me trying to find some kind of forgiveness, enjoyment, and give it more value, I guess. 
So definitely, it is complete and utter trash. But <laughs> it is. It's a bad movie. And if if I'm being completely honest, I'm probably gonna mark this one as a thumbs down, as I don't know that I'm gonna Which be I... seeking out again. But I did kind of enjoy it. It was okay. But it yeah, is definitely gonna came back and said I hated it. Zero stars. I would have been like, well, yeah, I understand. But you know, it's a nah. drinking movie. Uh, you know, and I like that kind of thing. And so so, yeah. so much weirdness though. With like, I should have taken more notes because I'm trying to recall some of the things that I was making fun of now, and I can't remember. But uh, all of the zombies had robes on for whatever reason. I didn't understand that. They were monks. They were monks. You know, the beginning, the, the bearded man in the beginning, he finds some book or something and. That brings back the, these these zombie monks. So they're monks, um, and I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those I like to pop in when I you know when I zone out and just laugh, and it's so weird. You know, in all uh, fairness, yeah. a couple years down the road, I might actually be like, you know what, I'm going to watch that again. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so torn on this one, but I don't know. It, it was painless. It was enjoyable. It's but if you don't have any. Um, idea about that time of filmmaking or that kind of stuff don't don't start here because you will hate yeah. you will hate it but if yeah, you're that, familiar that with that it, italian slow moving zombie thing then you might like i also another positive i like that you never heard of the slightest sound from the zombies there was no raw or not there was they were dead silent the whole time which yeah. i thought made it a little gave it a little bit of creepy even though i wasn't so devoted to the movie that I was going to be yeah. scared. I thought that that added a, an element to it. Did you uh, did you get a kick out of the uh, the one maid in the uh, this big mansion that goes over to the window and the zombies slowly like have this huge sickle blade yes. thing that they lift up yeah. into the air and they, oh it was just gross. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely had gross factor and weird and yes, the, the red sounds. the red paint blood. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which is signature yep. also to that uh, uh, era, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, enough about Burial Ground, the Knights of Terror. Go on. Uh, your turn. The American. Okay, so my movie was uh, The American, starring George Clooney from uh, 2012 or 13, something like that. A fair, relatively new movie that uh, you've been talking about for a little while. And I remember when it came out in the theaters, it didn't do good. Uh, it got fairly negative reviews. You know, everybody said it's boring, blah, 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 blah. And you really have stuck up for that movie, so that was my pick. Uh, and and so, actually, I believe I saw it in the theater by myself, and the only reason that I picked that one is because, well, it's George Clooney, so it's probably going to be good, right? And there was nothing else playing at the time, so I was like, ah, screw it, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I get it and uh, pop it in, and I'm like, okay. So supposedly this movie is really slow, but you kind of set me up for what this is going to be like. Um, and it starts out with a not action, action, but a fairly tense scene. The beginning, I'm like, oh boy, this is here we go. Okay, I'm already, I'm hooked. But now, okay, be prepared. It's going to get slow, and it does get slow. However, um, it's one of those slower paced movies that I was. Completely enthralled with. I, there was not one part where I'm like, come on, let's go. I, I loved every part. I gave that four and a half out of five stars. I oh, thought it was fantastic. I'm so relieved to hear you say that. Now there is yeah. three of us on the island of people who like the American. It's you and me and Roger Ebert. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, and just like it, there was this 
I was, I don't want to say I was tense the whole time, but I was like, whoa, what's going to happen next? Because you know things are not going to go good for Clooney. He, he's a hitman. Things are botched in uh, this, this job that he's got in the beginning. And then he heads to this small village in Italy where he's awaiting orders for his last and final job. And things just go bad. And in the process, he hooks up with this, uh, with this prostitute, starts to fall in love with her. Yet he's still playing this last job. Things go not as good as they should, but it's a great movie, man. It's it's more of a character study piece, but great cinematography, great acting, suspenseful, great ending. Um, the ending, yeah, I, I'm kind of a little bit torn on the ending, but eh. I mean, it, it, I thought, the ending is going to be a tad predictable, but again, look at the synopsis. Uh, it's George Clooney as a hitman who wants to retire on one last mission. Uh, we've seen this and heard this a billion times. No. Uh, but I completely agree with you um, on the tense feeling. That was a good point to bring up because I felt that way too. And the first time I saw it in the theater, I was kind of taken aback. Like I didn't know how to feel about it because I was so surprised by the slow pacing yet interesting. That, like I told you, that Italian feeling. Yeah. Um, but then when I I bought it on Blu-ray and rewatched, I gave it a thumbs up the first time. Not like masterpiece or something, but I was like, that was. A lot better than it's getting credit for. And then when I bought it on Blu-ray and rewatched it, I was like, you know what? That was a damn good movie. And I'm going to stick up for it. And I, I saw a lot more um, brilliant filmmaking aspects in the work um, the second time around. Um, yeah. With, the, with the, the marriage of cinematography and score and the way the guy frames shots and even the, the sweeping shots of the quote-unquote slow parts we're still fascinating to look at from a cinephile yeah. point of view. And I was yeah, I, I really excited to see what uh, we'll get into later. We've seen a couple movies in theater this week. Um, oh, yeah. That uh, one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last films, A Most Wanted Man, uh, which is coming out soon, I was like, eh, uh, we'll see. Because the trailer looks interesting, but I all but hated the uh, author's last screen adaptation which was tinker taylor soldier spy i know it got a lot of critical praise but i hated that movie um so i'm the odd man out on that one but then at the very end of that trailer the very end credits i saw anton corbier whoever the guy i can't pronounce his name the guy that directed the american directed this so you know what i'm in i i'm yeah i'll go see it because i i he he hooked me with the american well and they're uh one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, about maybe midway through, uh, Clooney is uh, sighting in this sniper rifle with uh, with this lady partner that's, that he's in cahoots with for this last job. And something about that whole scene, they're out in the woods and they're sighting up the gun. And it's just this great tense scene. Like, there's a little bit of sexual tension there, I think. And the gun is just, it's a badass rifle, and you just don't know what's going to happen because, you know, she's an assassin too, and it was just such a good scene. Well, you could tell they were both kind of speaking in riddles to feel each other out about, oh, yeah. you know, and oh. that's what made that scene so, that was good writing and great direction and great acting yep. to sell all of yep. that stuff. It was, that's one that I'll definitely own on Blu-ray. Definitely. Good. That, was, that was big thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Awesome. Uh, that might even be like the best roulette movie I've watched thus far. Nice. Uh, 
Yeah. That's... Hey, I'm just happy you gave it a thumbs up because I'm feeling all alone on this movie. I can't even get other oh, people dude. to watch it because of the reviews. Other, I mean, I'm, I'm like Roger Ebert gave it four stars. What more do you need? From Come on. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> anyway. All right, let's move on. Uh, picks for next time. Do you? What do you want to do, sir? I have. Uh, you want to do blind roulette again? I'm. I, I. Now that I've been bathed in a Blu-ray, I'm. I, I can wade back into the rough. Okay. So I have. Um. I always come. Come prepared with. Uh, a couple different choices of three. So if we're gonna do the blind roulette, I, I actually have two. Two. Uh, three movie sections of stuff that I've seen, and then I have two sections of. Uh, stuff that I have not seen, but I've done a little bit of research on, and so I'm not going to be throwing you any blood surfs here or blood tie whatever. Thank I'm not you. Gonna, Nothing with yeah. blood in the title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, like, if it's if it's blind roulette, it's all stuff you haven't seen. Yeah, it's, it's stuff I haven't seen, but it's not it's not just that cover looks cool. I actually did a little bit of research on all of them, so that okay, well, these aren't these That's aren't going to be asylum pictures. That's or, fine, and 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 my category this week for blind roulette should be fairly safe. Let's put it okay. that way. So you're you're not going to get any blood surfs in what in my chosen category of the week. And we're back from intermission. We had a small child with a nosebleed, and Daddy leaped to the rescue. That's so, right. <laughs> Now it's. I believe we left off. It's time to make our picks. Uh, the blind picks. You are yes. about to present me with uh, options. I believe. Yes. Okay. So I have two different genres. Uh, not really genres, but two different, two different selections. So selection number one, you can pick from e either pot. Selection one is the import subtitled division. Um, all recent movies uh, within the last two years, I believe. Uh, and option two is. Um, um, horror movies. Uh, well, yeah, horror movies. Two recent ones, none of them I've seen. Two recent ones and one that I have never seen, but I should have... It's There's no excuse that I have not seen it yet. It's an older movie. But they all seem to get relatively thumbs-up type things across the board, all six of the ones that, that I have in store for you. So, I'm sorely tempted to take the horror section, but give me give me the subtitle because I'm I'm curious okay. to see what you're going to do with that. And that's a good uh, pick. I I sh I need to do that for you. I, I, the, look for that coming soon in the next episode. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I have a bunch well, of foreign stuff that I need to wade through. Okay, well, my uh, imports, and I'm guessing that you've heard of. I know that you've heard of at least two of the three. Um, but I have a hijacking. Which, Hold on, gotta grab my phone and look these up because I have okay. no uh, idea. Hijack is basically uh, Captain Phillips, but um, I think it was filmed in Norway. It was actually at the Sarasota Film Festival. It gets unanimously good reviews. Um, the crew of a Danish cargo ship is hijacked by Somali pirates. Is that right? That's 20, the one. Twenty twelve. Um, who proceed to engage in escalating negotiations with authorities in Copenhagen? Okay, and next. Uh, next up is a movie called The Hunt, starring um, the guy from, um, uh, he was the villain in uh, Casino Royale, the, uh, the Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. A teacher lives a lonely life, all the while struggling over his son's custody. His life slowly gets 
better as he finds love and receives good news from his son, but his new luck is about, I don't know, you can't see the rest of the preview. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, that one there, I believe, was up for Best uh, Foreign Film Oscar of the Year. Well, he's one of those actors that I'll see pretty much anything he does. He's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I hear, I hear that one is very heavy. I haven't seen it yet. Sounds and then the like third it. one is, I believe it's a Mexican movie, uh, but it gets, it's supposed to be like a, almost a Tarantino-ish type thing, black comedy. It's called El Infierno, I believe. Uh, sorry for the poor pronunciation. Oh, that's all right. Uh, El Infierno. Um, an extremely violent, darkly comic film centers on Benny, an ordinary man thrust into the vices and violence of the Mexican drug trade. Uh, rated NC-17, so there you go. <laughs> oh, man, that's tempting, but the only problem here is I'm looking at two and a half hours. Yeah, it's a long one. That or The, the Hunt. But, yep, I'm going to take, you know what, I haven't seen Captain Phillips, so I'll take the hijacking one. A gotcha. hijacking from 2012. Make a note. I would bet you anything, I, I would bet anything, all three of those are going to be big thumbs up. But, um, you it never know. Kind of looks like that, but. Again, you know, like you said, yeah. you never know. Okay. And for you, I have <laughs> Blind Roulette Documentary Edition. Uh, it's hilarious. I almost did documentaries. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, let's, let's go with subtitles, something with subtitles. I just added a couple of them today, so I have no idea about any of these. But they all look solid, and I don't, you know, it's documentary. It's not, it's not often that you run across what I did last episode of the Philip K. Dick thing where they're, it's atrocious, so yeah. I think you'll be safe on all three of these. Um, first up is one that I mentioned in Coming Soon. I haven't got around to watching it, so I thought I'd throw it your way. Uh, a Year in Burgundy. This documentary follows seven winemaking families in the Burgundy region of France uh, deliver, uh, delving into the cultural and creative process of making wine from 2013. Okay. Uh, next is one that was recommended to me by one of our fellow uh, Fantasy Movie League people, Anthony. He said it was really good. I Know That Voice from 2013. Seldom seen and often heard voice actors discuss their craft featuring John DiMaggio, who's Bender from Futurama, uh, and several other voice stars. Uh, so if you have any interest in voice acting, which I adore that, so that's easy oh, to pick too. for me. Yeah. Um, and last is a Netflix original called Print the Legend. Award-winning uh, original documentary chronicles the race for market leadership in 3D printing, the next wave of the technological revolution. You know what 3D printing is? Mm. People get these printers that where you put in... I, I don't even know. I'm, I added the documentary, but as I understand it, uh, they add some sort of liquid-type material, and it acts as a printer. You program in your computer, I want to print... Uh, a cup, and it will print out a cup using the material. Or uh, people have been using it to make guns, plastic guns, stuff, wow. stuff like that. So you can you can produce supposedly anything. Now, obviously, there's going to be some pitfalls with a plastic gun and an explosive in your hand. That, yeah. <laughs> but supposedly, there have been people that have produced a functioning firearm. Uh, I have no idea if they're going to talk about that in this, and I, that's not really my main focus of it, yeah. wanting to see it, but that, uh, a 3D printing machine is pretty sweet. Imagine if you can just sit down and go, ha, ah, I need a, another wireless mouse. Bit -bit 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 print, and it spits one out for you. I guess you can design whatever you want. Ooh, so, man. You know, 
that's a good list of movies there. Yeah, I, I and with documentary, like I said, I think you're a little more safe. So, yeah, up to you, um, sir. I, like to figure it this way, it'll either uh, knock one off my list or bump one up. Yeah, um, boy, it's between. I mean, I I would like to. I actually, I'm going to probably add all three of them, and I'll eventually watch all three of them. But for the roulette, I think I'm going to go with. Um, I know that voice. It was between that one and the last one, but I think I know that voice is going to be. Like, that just sounds really interesting. They all do. Oh, and so I'll probably watch all three of them anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is going to be an interesting next roulette because I have a feel. I have a feeling that we're going to give thumbs up on both of them, but who knows? They, you know, the documentary could be boring, and the hijacking thing could be totally Just pretentious. Pre pretentious boring, as hell. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I want to get into listener email. Uh, hold okay. on a sec. Got to queue up my email here. I got a couple of emails. Uh, a couple of questions from our buddy Steven over at Cinema Sidekicks. If you don't listen to Cinema Sidekicks, you should be. Good show. Yes, you should. Um, first up, uh, and I'm editing his email here. Um, with the passing of Philip Seymour Hoffman, James Gandolfini, and Robin Williams, we lost some truly great actors. We all know about their highly praised Oscar Emmy winning performances, but my question is, what are your favorite lesser known or underrated performances of each actor? Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's start with that one, then we'll get on to his next question. Um, now, in doing my research for uh, this question, boy, it was really hard to find anything that is unknown of these guys because everything they did was so well known. It was awesome. Phillips, we'll we'll just go bang bang on each actor. Agreed. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Honorable mentions. Okay, ready? I, again, I can't pronounce the title of this film. It's Sin, Sin Doc, New York, Sin Dosh, New York. I don't know how to pronounce it. Amazing performance. Great film. The Master. Uh, mm -hmm. Things to do before... The, uh, what, what was that? Things to do before the devil knows you're dead. Do you remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Punch Drunk Love, Big Lebowski, Boogie Nights, Twister, Mission Impossible 3. Okay, I can't pick that one, obviously, way too well-known, but his performance yeah. as a bad guy... was great. Oh, my... Do you have someone who loves you? I'm going to find him. I'm going to hurt him. Like, it's just so weird. Oh, it was just, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, but for my pick for him, I'm going to pick Charlie Wilson's War. Um, Ooh, good pick. Have you seen good the movie? Pick. I didn't think you'd I seen have, it. Yes. Oh, see, again, it's hard to find one that people haven't seen. I... But yeah. that one, I, I, he, in most of these roles, he's he tends to be understated comedy, uh, smaller role. But I thought in that one he got to play a little, play it a little bit larger. And that movie was very mixed received. I, maybe I'm wrong on that. I that's just my remembering of how I thought it, that was pretty mixed to negative. But I actually yeah. really liked that movie. And yeah, I, I thought, thought that was good. I, I thought he was. Much, a, but I, I dug it. I thought he was a ton of fun in it. Yeah. And it's very uh, politically divisive, which you know me, I love. I'm right in the middle, so I yeah. love it when the right and the left are both pissed off at it. I'm a champion of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that one I thought was fun. Again, I'm not championing its political stances. I'm just saying that was a great performance from him. Yeah. Okay, for me, um, I, again, like you said, these are these are A-list actors, so it's kind of hard to find ones that no one's heard of. But I'm gonna for Philip Seymour Hoffman looking over his list. 
Uh, I'm going to pick Boogie Nights, uh, which I love Boogie Nights. Uh, I saw it in the theater. And uh, that, that was, I'm not sure if that was his first starring role in a big movie, bigger movie, probably not. But he was a relatively unknown actor at that time. Uh, and he was, his performance was, I, I remember, heartbreaking and great in that movie. It, he uh, just has a knack for that. It, it, yeah. A lot of these roles he plays, he's, he's a, the fat loser scumbag. You can practically smell him. Yes. <laughs> you imagine he smells like a dumpster fire. But yeah, you still have you still kind of root for him in a way. I don't want. I yep. So yeah, mine would be Boogie Nights. Okay, totally fine. So, uh, next yep. up, Gandolfini. Quick hits, favorites. Uh, True Romance, Fallen, Killing Them Softly, The Sopranos, which yeah. is just amazing. But for him, I'm gonna pick The Last Castle because uh, that's what I picked. <laughs> oh, awesome! Then we we both win because uh, he's played a lot of kind of thugs, gangster roles, uh, true romance, Sopranos, you know, that kind of stuff. But in Last Castle, he had to play a little bit more subtle, damaged kind of uh, persona. And, again, it's not an unknown film, but it's one that I thought deserves more praise. Yeah. Well, and I guess we already know your answer to that one, so we'll move right on to Robin Williams, which was even harder to find an unknown role for, or a, a smaller, you know, lesser known, whatever. Uh, real quick hits from me, World's Greatest Dad, Final Cut, Goodwill Hunting, obviously, fantastic, Popeye, which has been reviled by many critics, I love that movie, uh, Awakenings, Dead Poets Society, The Fisher King, Hook, Jumanji, Aladdin, the list goes on and on with his yeah. fantastic roles. Me personally, and Steven said it before on, on their show, he liked when he played, when Robin Williams played a more straight, uh, not funny guy. The, the more serious role, and I agree a thousand percent. He was so great when he was playing, when not Robin Williams, you know, yeah. when he was just toning it down, not, just playing a different role. And I, in particular, my pick is going to be Insomnia. And that movie was very overlooked because it's a remake, and that I was understandable at the time because Chris Nolan had Memento at the time. He, so he wasn't like super mega bankable director guy, you know. At the time, he had one major hit, and <clears throat> it was a independent project, and people were looking for the sophomore kind of slump. Granted, he had made the following before that, yep. but technically, budget-wise, this would have been his sophomore slump. And he they gave him a remake, and I don't know what his deal was that he had to, with the Warner Brothers that he had to do a remake, but whatever the case may be. That was an amazing performance from Rob Williams. Very was. subtle yes, was. and calm. That film is much like The American in its pace. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just I really appreciate it. I, no disservice to Pacino because he killed it as well. Both versions yeah, of that story, the original Norwegian and I believe it's Nor- Norwegian, um, and the remake were, are both fantastic in their own right. Yeah. I actually own both versions. I own the Insomnia on Blu-ray, which I haven't watched the Blu-ray yet, but uh, and I own um, the original version in Criterion on DVD. Nice. They're nice. both. Yeah. They're, they're that was my bo- second. That, that was going to be my second pick. Um, but I actually went with um, Popeye, uh, and the reason being is he totally transformed. Like 
that's how I envisioned Popeye. Like, he was Popeye. It wasn't like, well, he, that's Robin Williams playing Popeye. And I saw that when I was younger, obviously, but he did so good in becoming what I would have envisioned a live actor, live action Popeye to be. Have you seen so, it recently? I haven't seen it in years, but I've always liked that movie. I, again, it's been a long time, but I've always enjoyed that movie. I started watching it uh, with the family right after he died because I was like, "You got if we're going to sit down and watch Robin Williams' movie... And everybody goes, Mrs. Doubtfire. I freaking hate that movie. I hate yeah. that movie. Anyway, yeah. you're going to watch this. Robert freaking Altman directed this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that a lot of people have come out of the woodwork recently and, and said that this is a great movie. And it's so good. And yeah, we, only, we only got through like the first half because bedtimes and kids and whatever. But even my nine-year-old was into it. It's so weird and strange, but at the same time, his he, his role he just sells it, man. I don't know. I I really I really like that movie, but uh, maybe I'm one of the weird ones. Anyway, yeah. no, that that's that was that was a really good question too. It was it was fun to go back and look through their their filmography and say, oh, okay, there's that, there's that, there's that. So yeah, good question. Yeah, agreed. Okay, one other question from him, real quick. Um, apart from the movie theater, do you guys prefer watching movies with others or by yourself? I much prefer watching them by myself because I feel like I can get more connected and uh, lost within the movie by myself. Anytime I watch with other people, I never feel as in tune or totally transported to another world as I would otherwise. Do you agree or disagree, and how do you prefer to watch your movies? Now, I'm going to take the uh, wussiest way out on this question, and... <laughs> say that it, it depends on the movie if, if there have been more than a handful of times where i'm watching uh, a film and crowd participation makes it more enjoyable and better and there have been a billion times where crowd participation makes it horrific and mm -hmm. i if i'm watching it at home by myself i love it uh, watch it with a crowd i want to murder the person next to me i've seen uh, several midnight showings of movies that have been out for 30 years and I'm always sitting next to the douchebag that's got to say every line the second yeah. before it's said because he has to prove to his friends that he's the biggest nerd of Jaws oh this is where he says smile you son of a and I'm like dude everybody knows like shut the hell up um, but there are also times where I watch like dazed and confused with a crowd and and we're drinking beers and smoking cigarettes in the theater this was like Tinseltown yeah. We had yeah. so I had so much fun with that movie with a crowd. Um, so it really depends. I'll tell you though, the older I get, the more I like watching them by myself. Um, yep. Unless it's with people I trust, like say, cinephiles like you or even Steven, I, I would have a blast watching a movie with him because we would know. Okay, something really cool just happened. It is now appropriate to lean over and go, "That was cool, wasn't it?" Yeah. Okay, and we can go about the movie. Whereas other people just want to talk and talk and talk and uh, yeah. shut the hell up. I'm trying to watch a movie. Yeah. Yep, I, I would agree for the most part on that. Um, I I am a horror guy and very few of my friends, relatives, family, whatever are. So I've just gotten – I've kind of got accustomed to watching movies by myself. Uh, now, however, there are those times where it's great to watch a movie – with a crowd or like you and Ned and Greg, let's watch a movie and make fun of it. 
or with my wife, hey, let's watch the newest Thor movie or let's watch an Avengers type movie or something like that. But for the most part, I love watching movies by myself and just enjoying, especially if it's something that I love and adore. I just want to give my 100% undivided attention to, focus on, and just bask in the cinema. Maybe some of that has to do with uh, first watches, too. Like, if I'm watching a movie for the first time, I tend to want to watch it by myself. Well, mm-hmm. kind of, again, that depends on the kind of movie. If, I, if There are many times that you and I... The very first time I watched Ringu was with you. We watched it yeah. together, and we were both freaked the hell out. Yeah, yep. <laughs> That uh, would have—I I don't know—it wouldn't have made it less freaky to watch by myself. Would have made it more freaky. But having somebody else there to go, "Oh my lord, this is scaring the shit out of me." Yeah. It added to the experience because it's like somebody else. Did you hear that behind? Was that from your sound system or was that in the kitchen? What yeah. was that? Eh, <laughs> let's pause this. Let's turn on some lights. You know, it's a little dark in here. I'm not scared. Nah, let's just a little brighten up. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I, I would take like say my top 10 movies of all time, I would guarantee all, all of those I would rather watch by myself. 2001, The Space Odyssey, I don't want to watch that with anybody else. I Granted, I watched that with you. Um, that's great, but for some reason, like the ones that are nearest and dearest to my heart, I am just as fine by myself focusing on the movie. Well, and I am that way too, like with Akira. It's a more personal experience. It's one you have yeah, a lot of history is. with, so you you want to enjoy it on your own level. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Goody, good question. Yeah, they were. But we need to move on. Yes. Um, okay, what's my email? Oh, 80s slasher progression. You uh, <laughs> teased last episode, and yeah. it seemed like a very good... Uh, topic. I want to hear more of your theory on this. Go ahead, sir. Okay, well, uh, last week, right before the podcast, I watched Friday the 13th, the final chapter. That was made in 1984. Um, Joseph Zito directed it, and it's one of my favorite Friday the 13th movies. Uh, and regardless if you're a Friday the 13th fan, slasher fan, 80s fan, whatever, um, it has a distinct feel when watching it of I'm watching an early 80s movie. And, and I just thought about it. I'm like, boy. And then, you know, I've watched all the Friday the 13th movies numerous, numerous times. And I, as I was watching it, I thought to myself, boy, part five, the, you know, which was made a year later in, in 1985, um, totally has a different feel to it. Uh, and it. And from there on out, it just it has this later 80s glam band hair metal feel to it for some reason like the style the 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 styles of people's clothes changed um and there's just there's something about the early 80s versus the uh the mid to late 80s like rambo is another great example first blood has this early 80s feel rambo first blood part two and especially part three have this more mtv-ish type feel almost um so it's i don't know it's just kind of interesting to me like the the difference in in uh, and th- I'm sure it is like this with all you know the 70s movies and 80s and 90s whatever but for some reason the 80s there's this golden era of 80s movies that has this feel to it that uh, it's this certain certain space in time that they just captured this the early 80s versus the 
I, I'm just going to call it the MTV hair metal. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I totally know what you're talking about. And I think that anybody that has spent enough time delving into any of these films will understand the point that you're making. And you're right, it, especially with... Uh, I, it's harder for me to speak on fr the Friday the 13th, because while I've watched the whole series, so forgettable to me. Because uh, yeah. you're the horror guy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Rambo, I do totally know what you're talking about with Rambo 2 to 3. 3, was, it, it looks glossier. Yes, um, it looks glossy. But it's almost like trying to repeat what they did and it doesn't work. Whereas no. when it was less glossy and they're like really trying hard and you're like, I enjoy this more because you're trying hard. Then they try and repeat it with more gloss and it's like you're trying hard, but it doesn't it just work. It loses that. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I yeah. understand what you're saying. That's good. I like that. But that it's part yeah, of the natural like... progression of cinema. Uh, much like we talked about with Blood Surf, way that's direct-to-video in 2000, we all collectively sigh <laughs> and go, yep. oh no, I remember that era. Yeah. <laughs> As if but a thousand souls it's... suddenly cried out in anguish and were extinguished. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting how, how only one year, um, and there's a distinct difference in the Friday the 13th final chapter versus part five, where it's that, that old school versus... Oh boy, the hair is all of a sudden really, really big, and this the music is a lot more. I just go back to that MTV style. But which one had Crispin Glover dancing? That was part four. Oh, that was, that was final chapter. That was hilarious. Whew. Oh my lord! <laughs> uh, epic meme-worthy event. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't but know I'm what we're talking I'm about, sure. just Google Crispin Glover dancing. Uh... Hilarious, hilarious. But you know, another good example would be like of of uh, of the uh, the glam MTV's style '80s would be the Lost Boys. That just totally encapsulates the MTV generation. But that was very 80s. much right on the line, wasn't it? Like that was right in between where it was still sweet. Oh yes, yes. Despite yeah, so that, that jazz, 86. that that sweaty jazz player and all his homosexual glory, I mean, my lord! Every I time I watch that movie, it's just, I just shudder. I just shudder. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking too, when we I watched that at your house on Laserdisc, going, yeah, "That's kind of cool." All right, now I watch it and I go, "Oh, I'm just just gay as the day is long." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on to our recently watched. All right. Um, unless you have anything to add to that point. No, no. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I could. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the '80s. I could keep going, but uh, that we've kind of covered just my, good... my random thoughts on that. So let's okay. go into what we've recently watched. Okay. Uh, first off, we're gonna deal with you and I have watched two movies together in one week. That is like legend. That has Crazy. not happened in in years, years, decades, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first off was Tusk. Uh, Kevin Smith's most uh, recent horror endeavor, based on a podcast. Uh, synopsis, podcaster goes to interview a guy. That guy can't make the interview for whatever spoiler reason. Uh, so he bumps into somebody else that would be an interesting interview, and that guy is a homicidal maniac who wants to sew him into a walrus suit. That's all you need to know. Uh, yeah. And they're... By by God, there goes one of the weirdest movies I've ever watched in my life. And I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time thinking about this movie uh, in the days after watching it. 
I, me too. I, thumbs up for me, easy. I don't think it's the best thing he's directed. But I, it was, I, I walked out of the theater and said, I have never seen anything like that in my life, in a movie. And that was, uh, and not just like, uh, that was so gory, I've never seen anything. The whole concept was just, I have never seen a film like that. And yeah. there is a, I don't, I hesitate to even say cameo because the person was in half the movie. But there is a role of an actor in that movie that has not been promoted at all. And my God, is it great. And it's great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Michael Parks, I'll see anything with him in it. Yep. Again, just killed it. I, I, how he got him into it, I don't know. But him and Mr. Smith seem to be tight. And go for it, man. Please yeah. make 20 movies. Because yeah. even though this isn't like the height of cinema, 2001 A Space Odyssey changed my life, I would watch a movie like this every year. I'll buy the Blu-ray. It'll be on my yeah. shelf. I love it. It's, it's oh, anyway. I want and, and I and I loved it too. Um, I I had a little bit of issue with the very end, but that did not detract from my enjoyment of the movie. Um, my thing is, uh, I think that, and I'm more of a fan of Kevin Smith's later movies. Um, but that guy can direct actors. I think. I mean, he got some great performances out of his actors and this is i'm sure a relatively low budget movie uh but three million dollars i believe it has a budget of three million dollars i mean there's some fantastic performances in that yeah and and there is a lot of three million dollar budgeted movies on netflix that are utter and complete shit yes um, so i give smith props on um on getting great performances and stretching the budget, and I, I had a great time. I I love the fact that a movie this bonkers and crazy got a fairly not major, but a pretty pretty nice size theatrical release. Uh, it was like only like more. it was six hundred theaters. It was a very kind of low release. It was actually great that it came uh, local to us because we're not usually in the uh, yeah. the wave of of a limited semi limited release. And it yeah. hasn't been doing that great, but at the at the same time, I'm going to 600 theaters. I mean, Transformers is 4,500 theaters. It, mm -hmm. It's hard to compete with that kind of uh, promotion. So, yeah. I encourage everybody, if if you are one of the people that bitch about sequels and remakes, get your ass to the theater and give this thing your money because this is something you have never seen. Even if you Agreed. absolutely hate it, this is a movie you've never seen. Yeah, agree. Totally, totally agree. It, honestly, I knew so little about it, and I, I liked it that way. Um, the less you know about it, the better. But yeah, you, Eric's right. You've never seen anything like this. It's just so bizarre. And I'm gonna, like, I'm, okay. gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that because I knew ev almost. I thought I knew everything about it. I listened to the podcasts. I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan of the man. Um, I, this was one where it's like, I don't, I don't give a shit about spoilers. I went and researched. I looked into every, every little tidbit that came out about this movie. I was on top of, and I was still shocked by the stuff that came out in this movie. <laughs> but again, you can't be prepared for his di his style of dialogue and, and interaction. So, and that scene with Parks and Mr. Cameo oh, that, that was, went on. A lot of people tears, say it went on, went on too long. It didn't go on too long for me at all. I, I loved it. I was crying i was laughing yeah. so hard and, and it's funny that a movie like that is probably the funniest thing i've seen all year 
because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a guy getting sewn into a walrus. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see uh, the movie. That gets a thumbs up. Definitely. And tell us what you thought of it so that we can... Re- and we'll pass it along in the next pod. Okay, let's yeah. move on to the next one that we saw together. That was uh, the, just the other night. We went and watched Lucy at the Dollar Theater. Yeah. Um, and, man, my review is so mixed on this one. It's all over the place. I liked the second half a lot more than the first half. Uh, but it's a marketing issue. Synopsis. We only use 10% of our brain. Not true. Everybody stop... stop passing along that movie trope that's not accurate scientifically but for this movie they're going along with it that we're morons that only use 10% of our brain but somehow this drug unleashes uh, Lucy Scarlett Johansson to uh, get more and more use of her brain and she becomes freaking Neo and can control all of space and time and everything Um, a lot of repeat shots from Mr. Luke Besson and I love the guy, despite that he hasn't done anything great since The Fifth Element. But I still like the guy. I root for him. I watch his movies. I'm I'm in, you know, I would put him in the good camp. Um, yeah. But this one, I would I will, I will give this film a thumbs up, but I want to see it again. And I, again, I the, the trailer, again, I'm bitching about the freaking trailer, but when your trailer gives away the bulk of your plot and movie then you need to hurry up the pace of your first half. I mean, the first half of the movie was just dragging because it's like, I saw all this in the trailer. And maybe and that's the fault of the trailer, not necessarily the pacing of the movie. But you got to, as a director, are you not, I, I don't know how that works, but are you not on top of the trailers that are released? Do you not have any say in that whatsoever? Apparently not. Because it was like, here is the first, two-thirds of the movie in the trailer. She, uh, she's a person, she has a drug, now she has uh, 70% of her brain. We go! Superpowers. And yet, I gotta sit there for an hour ten watching the trailer play out. Come on! <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, it's, funny, it's, it's funny you say that, because uh, my, my initial reaction to the movie is I really liked it. Upon thinking about it more and more it, it has its plot holes and yeah there is certain things especially watching the trailer where you're like okay let's it makes it seem like it's going to be this wham bam action packed kick ass and it is in parts but yeah it's it, it takes its time getting there oh it, it has plot holes you could drive the millennium falcon through <laughs> yeah, it does. but it, it, does. it also presents itself with that just go with it mentality it's it's it not does. it's not it like does. we are we are science and we're serious but it, and it way too talky over explaining morgan freeman come on I'm like hold on let me explain to you how a cell works get on with it most of us understand yeah. that but again maybe i'm not the audience for this movie maybe this was just for the mask it did well that was one of my yeah. that was one of my sleeper picks of the fantasy movie league and it kicked ass for me um so somebody likes it again the third act goes very 2001 uh, space odyssey and yeah so thumbs up on that and i, I really like the second half but there I, I was i had to laugh because there were scenes that luke Besson repeated from leon the professional yeah bit like moment for moment it's like he loves shootouts and hallways and rocket launchers blowing up doors and 
<laughs> yeah, and it looked cool. It looked cool, but it was like, I, I saw this in, what, 1989 or whenever the professional came out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but for a, do- for a dollar movie, that was that was good. Now, if yeah. I would have seen it like a, like a uh, first run theater in the evening and dropped $20 on two tickets or whatever, eh, but... Worth a watch. It was, it, it's it's worth a watch. Again, I I want to see it again when it inevitably hits Netflix, because that is all the markings of a film that's going to Netflix in the next year or so. So yeah. I really will give it a second uh, chance, I guess I should say, on that. Uh, but once again, I came out of the theater and I said, you know, uh, with the pacing, uh, like Tusk, I came out and I said, you know, I haven't really quite ever seen a movie like that while it repeated stuff from other movies uh leon the professional 2001 we've talked about but um there was still just the pacing of of the elements that it combined in there i still was going you know i haven't really quite ever seen a movie like that yeah which has stopped and made you know give me pause at least to think and i need to give that another uh a viewing to reevaluate where i stand on that film as far as pro or con I, and even like the percentages they kept throwing up in text it was was a little obnoxious i don't know we'll see i'll give that one a second white slate viewing uh as soon as it comes to netflix <laughs> and like you said i'm sure it will yep <laughs> Um, so we've covered two that we both watched happen together. I'm going to let you go ahead and take the lead on recently watched. What have you seen, sir? Okay. Um, um, well, there was a couple that I would like to touch on, but I know that we're, we're probably pressed on time. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to hit on, uh, I got the box set of the exorcist. And so I'm going to just real quick touch on not the exorcist itself, but it's sequels. Um, mainly part three. Uh, part two is is borderline unwatchable, uh, and it's unanimously panned. It's one of the worst sequels in the history of movies. Uh, you look it up; it's it, yeah. it's universally panned. Having said that, it's it's interesting to watch the train wreck that it is. Um, it's it's worth a watch, but uh, going in thinking this is uh, this does not work. Um, but part three is the one I would like to really discuss. Uh, that's the one with George C. Scott, and that is a great movie. Um, and William Peter Blatty wrote the book, and then he directed the movie. And the only, the only, um, it ties in with the with the original Exorcist. But the only real, only reason it's called the Exorcist really is because the studio heads wanted to sell it as such. Yeah. It 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 doesn't feel like. It, it, it's its own thing in the Exorcist universe, but it's a really good supernatural cop thriller. That's honestly what it is. It's a supernatural cop thriller, which is just odd because it's not this demonic, horrible, like, oh, this is, I feel dirty. It's not that. Uh, but George C. Scott, great performance, fantastic performance. Um, highly recommend the movie. It's It's one of those, I think, gems in the rough that, it just gets lumped into oh it's an ex- it's the it's a sequel to The Exorcist and I don't like horror movies but it's really well done and it's creepy and how is this gonna you know how is this gonna play out it does help to have watched the original Exorcist because um, it does tie in with that but it is a totally different monster in itself so well and as it's somebody got a, as, scenes that are just 
terrifying. As as somebody who's outside of it, because I've only seen the original Exorcist, I have uh, my perception. I've, I have heard that Exorcist 2, like you said, is absolutely horrible. And Exorcist 3 is kind of a gem in the rough the way that uh, Halloween 3 season of The Witch is. And it's, and it's separate but equal kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody... And I wasn't really interested because... Um, the Exorcist, yes, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, but not my forte of horror. Not something I'm really interested in ever watching again. Um, so I obviously didn't dive on to the sequels, uh, especially when I hear that they're god-awful. But then a buddy of mine online posted a clip from Halloween, or Halloween, from Exorcist 3, and it was some simple kind of almost borderline J-horror thing where a cheap person walks across the screen and Holy. <laughs> scared the daylights out of me that one little clip and I enough that I was like okay I need to check out that movie <laughs> yeah. it really is I would be surprised if you wouldn't like it it just it it's it's slower paced but it's something about it it's, it's well made and it's a good scary supernatural crime thing and it's it's it really works especially upon re repeat viewings um, and that scene that you are that you mentioned, I've seen this movie numerous times, and every time scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Man, that was so scary. Anyway, okay, all right. So that, back to you. So that's, okay. a, that's a thumbs up. I'm gonna I, do I, a I real quick double header, and I'm throw it back to you. I watched Invaders from Mars, and I teased oh. that on coming soon, uh, our previous episode. Um, that actually was the only one of our coming soon that I managed to get watched uh i mirror your review fun 80s lighthearted kind of <laughs> yeah. silliness uh i loved the aliens in it uh what can be say uh, said as far as synopsis invaders from mars it's invaders from mars and aliens yeah. come down uh, canon films <laughs> yeah. yes um there were some laugh out loud moments in this movie uh the kid is trying to convince people about these aliens taking over his parents. Um, he managed to convince the school nurse, who's like a 40-something probably. I had to laugh a few times when they were clinging to each other, and she's like, protect me. And he's like, I, he was holding her head like, don't worry, baby, I got this. And he's like seven, eight. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. But a lot of phallic symbols in this movie, too. Drills coming up through the ground look like giant penises. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. Don't hurt yourself to watch this movie, but if you're a fan of The Explorers and yeah. 80s sci-fi kid kind of cinema, it's, it's kind of obnoxious maybe to uh, say, if you're a fan of phallic symbols and kids uh, in the 80s, yeah, then you should watch, watch this movie. movie. But, yeah. Oh, that was just... And it's so weird. The aliens were so weird, but I, I like that they were real things uh, you know a giant ball uh jaws and legs uh, that's all yes. they were it was like a yeah. giant raisin with teeth yes and, and then the, the main alien was this brain thing there, with eyes there was some and brain and... alien and bad electricity special effects around it but if you get a kick out of those kinds of uh elements in a film in a bad fun sort of way then you'll like this movie so give it a shot if not again don't hurt yourself see it uh yeah I also watched Delta Force, which is soon leaving uh, Netflix, I believe this is in the next few days. 
I thought I had seen this movie. Apparently, I had not. I, I think I'm mistaking it for Missing in Action, another Chuck Norris movie. But it's okay. been so long since I've seen Missing in Action, I don't remember. At any rate, it was not what I thought it was, and most of it is boring on a plane drama. I actually fast-forwarded the last 15 minutes. I was so bored. I, how did Cannon get such big names? Uh, were they Lee Marvin, and uh, were they just at the end of their career? And that Lee Marvin may have been because I mean, yeah, he was you know, he was an old timer at that point. Eyebrows you could braid. Good lord, <laughs> I, I couldn't even listen to a word he said because I'm just like, I'm a guy with big eyebrows, and his eyebrows were, I, oh, you should be in a Chinese kung fu movie, <laughs> flowing off your head. Did you like the motorcycle with the missiles? Oh, that was the only part that was cool. Everything else was just <laughs> painful. A lot of big actors in that movie, though. I was surprised. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you're a canon completist, go watch that one. Or a Chuck Norris completist, go dive on Delta Force. Other than that, blech. Yeah. Um, that's going to wrap up my recently watched. If you have anything more to add to recently watched, it's your turn. Then we'll get into coming soon. Okay, I'm gonna just say one more, and I won't I won't delve on it too long. It's a newer movie on Netflix uh, called The Art of the Steel, starring Kurt Russell. Yes. The only reason I bring that up is just because Kurt Russell isn't in a whole lot of movies these days. So when one does pop up, I like to support him. I like he's one of my favorite actors, uh, and there's some other really big name actors in that movie. Uh, but basically, I'm mean, short synopsis. It's uh, it's a poor man's Ocean's Eleven, and I. It was okay for for a freebie Netflix movie. Yeah, my wife and I had when it was done. We were both like, yeah, it was that was decent. But I'm surprised that Kurt Russell picked that uh, to 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 do when I consider him to be a a pretty big actor. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I agree with you. So it wasn't worthy of. I don't know. There are a lot of people that would disagree with us that. He's still pulling a list. I don't think he's pulling a list, but it can't you? I mean, you can't you still get a better job than that? <laughs> yeah, because it, it 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 truly felt like a a really decent Netflix movie. But it's like with the talent involved, should have been better than just a really decent Netflix movie. Like, okay, yeah, it's got some witty dialogue and it, with with different actors. If it would have had B list, like not good actors, I wouldn't have liked it. But the actors elevated a. Fairly standard Ocean's Eleven ripoff, lower budget Ocean's Eleven ripoff. Let me so, guess: a thief on one last thieving mission. Yes, yeah, before, thief yeah. on one last deal, and we're gonna make a killing. But there's double crossing, and then triple double crossing, and blah blah blah. <laughs> triple triple crossing. Mm -hmm. and, well, yeah. that's disappointing, especially coming off a Tarantino movie. I know, yeah, and he was so good as stuntman Mike in in uh, Death, Death Proof, Proof. but. You know, it, it again. It was worth the watch because it was on Netflix. But don't go out of your way to, uh, you know, yeah. Oh, I, I want to spend a Friday night watching this or whatever. This is this is what I want to watch. It's it's worth a watch, but don't don't uh, don't knock yourself out trying to watch it. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into coming soon real quick, and we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, okay. Uh, now, in my last few coming soon's, I've been teasing lots of movies that I'm going to watch. Well. Netflix has a... It's fall time. So all the new seasons of the hot shows are starting, which means the last seasons 
of the hot shows are now added to Netflix, which means I'm going to be watching a lot of TV. My wife is hot on How I Met Your Mother. I watched an episode today. It's terrible laugh tracky. But I did laugh a couple times. But still, it's so laugh tracky, it's embarrassing. Forget that. I'm not watching it anymore. Um, but I am watching Comic Book Men, uh, Walking Dead, and soon to be released Sons of Anarchy. Um, huh. So I'm all about it. I, actually, in our little uh, interruption there, I was watching some comic book, man. I, I can't... I love it. I can't stop watching it. That's so right up my alley. It's it's like Kevin Smith and comic books. And wee! I, it's the easiest sell in the world for me. Gotcha. But that's... I mean... Hmm, let me see. Uh, other than that, I'm going to be... As far as movies go, I'm trying to clean up last of the last two pods of coming soon i've teased i'm going to be watch, working on those and probably some of the documentaries that i threw at you today in the roulette okay and that about right. wraps up my coming soon what's for you okay. sir what's on deck for me um and this is kind of the middle ground before i really hit the horror movies hard like my favorite horror movies hard because october is looming i'm i'm with, with you <laughs> <laughs> yep. With October means there's going to be Halloween movies and all like my main favorite movies are coming up. So um, <clears throat> in the interim there, I'm going to try and clean up some of my Netflix list. Uh, Bad Grandpa is on there and I really, for some reason, I, I love the Jackass movies. Bad Grandpa, I'd like to get that one checked off the list. I'm expecting, eh, whatever, some good laughs and a couple laughs and whatever. I was actually uh, going to wait on your review of that one because I knew that uh, as big a fan as you are of those Jackass movies that you would be diving all over that so i was like i'll just yeah. wait and see what he says about it <laughs> yeah yes exactly so I'll, I'll i'm gonna try and get that one watched um i still I'm, I'm on the fence with three days to kill we talked about that last episode um it's one of those where when there's nothing else to watch what should we watch with wife and i let's watch three days to kill uh, in fact last night it was it was between three days to kill and uh art of the steel and we picked the art of the steel so I have a feeling that uh, my review of Three Days to Kill will be very similar to Art of the Steel, actually. So, uh, and other than that, uh, and another one, and I'm mainly going off of uh, off of movies to watch with the significant other. Silver Lining Play Silver Linings Playbook is on Netflix, and I've really been wanting to watch that. So I'm going to try and get that one watched because I, I have a feeling that I'm going to really like that. Um, but I just haven't got around to it. It's not one that I'm chomping at the bit to watch, but I want to get that crossed off the list. As do I. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. As always, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com with any questions, comments, uh, movies you want us to review, anything whatsoever. We will talk about any email you send us. Um, if there's anything else you have to answer. I'm done. Okay. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks. Bye.